0: Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. I'm Nate Armstrong, your host today. I want to go through how to automate your lead gen. Automate. I know that that word, especially in the midst of this whole phenomenon of AI taking over the writing space, the the drawing space, literally chat GBT. If you haven't seen it, it's been all over the news. It just creates stuff using artificial intelligence. Um, even my team here, we're not using it to write stuff, but we used it to create some images two weeks ago. It was incredible. It's like we told it what we wanted and it drew the image. It drew these mountains and all this stuff that we wanted. It, it was incredible. And so in this world of artificial intelligence, it's going to be something that we have to adopt as real estate investors with time. Okay. Now there's parts of this business that we still do the old fashioned way. Okay. Uh But there's also parts that we're going to automate. And I want to go through some of the automation ones that are leading to the big results right now for clients that we get to work with and also inside of our real estate investing business right now. Okay. So the very first one, I'm going to direct our attention. I'm going to do a little share screen action. I'm going to direct our attention. I'm just going to go through um, some of the wins that I'm seeing out there and how they're getting these wins. Okay. So I got to jump on a call yesterday with some of the clients that we work work with. Uh, Chris Miller reported that he's closing on a deal March 10th. Uh, He's got two wholesale deals he's entering contract on. And then Dave Snyder, he's got leads rolling in, building a buyer's list. Jared Lynn, he's got a baby on the way, but uh, real estate wise, he's got another seller accepted offer, seller signed contract, reviewing paperwork right now. How are they getting these? This is the main point, okay? I'm going to sketch this out for us, okay? Now, in the old world of real estate investing, you did a couple of different things. You number one, you might have tried these big ugly signs called bandit signs that say, We buy houses. Okay. Cash. Call me. And then you put in some phone number. And then that was like the thing. Okay. That's kind of like the old way of doing this business right there. Um, the other big old way, it's actually still a way that people are still doing it, but I cringe every time that I hear it, but they're doing something called cold calling, meaning they're buying a list and um, they're calling that list of sellers over and over again until they get someone that says yes. And I cringe at that as well. And so I'm gonna try to steer you in the right direction today. I wanna show you what is actually working. The problem with with um, bandit signs is that they're illegal in most counties, number one. So like the city's gonna call you, you might get fined. Uh, all that kind of stuff. Number two, you can't scale it. Even if it does work, there's no scalability to it. If you wanted to to, to double your volume, you'd have to go put out double the signs physically you. Um, so just, it's really, really hard to do. If you wanted to invest cross country, or maybe even from a different country into the United States of America, you're not going to be getting on a plane to go put out banded signs. It just doesn't work that way. Now, cold calling, the challenge that people have with that is that you just, you're calling the same people that get the same phone calls because it's really cheap to buy a list to cold call. You're calling the same people that everybody else has already called and they're not really interested and they hang up on you and it's just grueling. And most people quit the business when they tried to do that cold calling thing. And so I want you to consider entering the new world of where we're at today. I mean, look how we're engaging right here, right now. We're engaging via social media. This is where people are spending, and I've seen reports all over the place on this, but I'm reading that most 18 year old adults, 60, 70% of the population are spending at least an hour a day on social media, social media, go to a restaurant, look around and you tell me where people are looking. If they're sitting down having dinner, like husband and wife, or maybe husband, wife and kids, where are they looking? Where, where is their attention focused to? People are staring at these screens all the time. They're addictive. They've created these. And, and like, I'm not, I don't even like where society is with that whole addiction to the screen, but, but it's just reality. It's, it's ingrained into the fabric of society. Now they figured out, they did a lot of studies on this to figure out how can we get people's attention? How can we get them to stay longer? How can we get them to absorb more? And, um, it's kind of like, the same thing that the casinos did. The casinos did this a long time ago. They figured out exactly how many how many times someone's going to press that button before they need to give them a little bit of a win, give them some positive feedback. Video game companies very very similar. They're they're feeding on internal human desire to get us to stay longer. When someone says, "Hey, you did a good job," and you get to graduate a level or you win something on a uh, at a casino, you want to stay more. You want to keep going. And so the same thing happens with social social media right now. People are spending a ton of time on it. And so therefore, you and I have to be there. If you want to win in the real estate investing business today, that's where the winning is going on because real estate is still a people business. It's done through human beings just like you and I. You want to buy a property? You got to buy it from a seller. I mean, at least right now, maybe in the future, there'll be corporate entities that control everything. Who knows? That's where they want to set the agenda for us. But right now it's a people business. You got to work with people. And so I want you to be where the people are. I I want you to be where they are with the least amount of friction. Okay. So we'll come back over here. We'll start sketching a little bit. Okay. So where, where people are right now, if I want to get these properties and I just had the, like, I don't care if it's single family, multifamily, whatever you're looking for. There's a certain cap on how high you go up the food chain with this, but anywhere under a 50 unit multifamily building, there usually is a human being that controls those properties. Single family houses, it's almost always a person that controls that property. And so uh, where the line kind of gets drawn is if you're going after like hundred unit buildings, 200 unit buildings, those are usually corporate entities of some kind um, that'd be really hard to get to the, the person that controls it. You have to end up going through a broker and whatnot. So, but for for smaller stuff, all day long, we we closed a 38 unit building last year. That was a human, a human being that we dealt with. We closed a 78 unit building, uh, that was a human being that we dealt with. And so, that's what I want you to focus on: get where the people are. Okay. So what we're doing, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna sketch this out. Let's clear the frame. I'm going to sketch this out. Okay. What we're doing is we're putting up these things called Facebook ads, FB, Facebook ad. And instead of it being like the big yellow, annoying sign, we buy houses, all that kind of stuff. We're going after and targeting what we know a seller might respond to. Okay. Um, we, we kind of mix it up a little bit. There's actually a bunch of, um, this Chinese spy balloons have been around the last, you know, memes of them on the internet for a while. So one ad, you could literally use this right now, could be um, put a Chinese spy balloon and then put, I see your house. If you're interested in selling, call me. Something fun, something to get their attention, something to to make them want to stop scrolling and actually stop. And you know what? I'm going to fill up this form and, and see if I can talk to somebody about getting an offer on of my property. Okay. So it's a Facebook ad that goes to what you'd call a landing page. This is just a page, it's got a nice little video on it of you saying, hey, welcome, I'd love to buy your property, put these, enter your name, your phone number, your address, and your email. And um, you collect all that data. And then from there, what happens is it turns into a phone call between people, between you and the seller. Sorry, that's a terrible sketch, I know. I'm drawing with my finger, on a mouse trackpad. So please forgive me, but it's a phone call. It's a phone call. Okay. The phone call often then leads over to an on site tour of the property. This doesn't have to be you. I have clients that are sitting in Canada right now that are buying properties in the United States. They're not physically coming here, they have a local person go walk the property for them. They're, it's pretty easy to find these people called inspectors and contractors and whatnot. But, anyways, this is the flow. That's working right now. Now, the beautiful part when you're doing a digital marketing campaign, when it's actually starting with a social media platform is that you can automate a lot of the process. Now, I can't quite automate that phone call. Sorry, we're like not there yet in the world, but this whole top half up here, all of this stuff above this line, we can automate. You don't have to be part of that once it's all set up and running, you can get these leads on demand. You want to get 10 sellers calling you today. No problem. We can get 10 sellers calling you today. You want a hundred. We can do a hundred. I think that's a little crazy, but we can do what needs to be done. And that can all be automated. Okay. That's how these people that I'm mentioning, like are getting these deals right now. It's because they've got a system. They've got something to bring incoming leads. Um, uh, in 1993, there was a stockbroker broker. Uh, brand new, early 20s, never really, never ever done the business before, had no track record to speak of. Um, his name was Trent Deersmid. Okay, he was in a little tiny bank in the suburbs outside of Vancouver. In the course of three years, this guy went from nobody at a no-name bank in the middle in a suburb of Vancouver to being uh, one of the the highest producing stockbrokers in all of Canada. Okay. They interviewed him. They're like, what the heck? How did you do this? How on earth was this possible? And and they're like, what's your formula? Like you don't even have mentors here teaching you. What's your formula to to, to become this good at this? And he said, well, I have two glasses on my desk. They're two coffee mugs and one of them is empty. And the other one has 120 paper clips. Every time I make a phone call each day, I take a paper clip and I transfer it to the other coffee mug. And so all day long, I do that. And I don't let myself go home until I've made all 120 calls and moved all 120 paperclips. And I did that for the last three years. That's it. Nothing else, they asked. That's it. That was his secret to success, okay? He just needed people to talk to. And real estate is very, very similar. Real estate, you just have to place offers. You have to talk to sellers and tell them, hey, look, I I could potentially buy your property. I I know your numbers are here. My numbers are here. I'm going to put it writing for you now so that you have it. If it works, cool. If not, that's okay too. you got to be able to place offers though. And what where most real estate investors fail is that they get into this business and they're trying to force these offers through, or they're hoping and praying that a seller will just take the one offer they submitted that month or the one offer they submitted that week, or maybe worse yet, they go out with their real estate broker and the broker's like, oh, you got to pay this much. If you want to get this deal, you have to pay this amount. And that's the worst advice ever. If you're trying to actually be profitable, what you need to do is stick to your numbers. Like, you know, in your gut, you run your numbers, you submit the offer. You got to stick to that, but you got to put up more offers. That's what most people are missing. They're missing the more offer part. In order to have more offers, you need leads. You need sellers coming to you asking for your help. Okay. If you don't have that right now, type help in the chat, H-E-L-P, H-E-L-P, my team will hook you up with whatever we possibly can, okay? If you need help with the lead gen side, maybe we could talk to you about that. Maybe we could help you build something out. If you need a training on that, like how to talk to the sellers or uh, talk to my team about that, okay? We help real estate investors with this all the time. We help a lot of realtors who are uh, converting over to investor, and we help a lot of individuals who want to become investors. And we do it by building out their social media ads. So you just type help in the chat and my team can hook you up. They'll, if we need to, we'll jump on a phone call 10, 15 minutes. Um, or if we can get you a training to help you, we'll do that. Whatever it takes. So just type help in the chat. Okay. You need sellers coming to you that ask for help. Okay. You switch that in your business. Now you got 10, 15 sellers coming in per week asking for help. Now you place offers. That's just like the kid that moved the paperclips. Every single day, you don't have to place 120 offers like that kid was doing, that kid was going over the top. Uh, in real estate, you probably need to place 10, maybe 15, depends on like how good you communicate with people, but you're gonna need some, you're gonna need some, and you just, you wanna get those offers in and, and you'll start getting deals accepted, okay? I wish I had some like magic, oh, this is what you have got. This is the one magic pill. No, no, there is no magic pill. It's just placing offers. And you got to have leads for that, okay? Got to have leads coming to you asking for your help. If you're trying to cold call it, you're going to need hundreds of offers, hundreds. Instead, if you have sellers coming to you asking for your help, you can probably do it with 10 offers. You don't need a lot more than that. You can probably, I I have a lot of clients that they can do it with three to five, three to five conversations, sit down with the seller, they're going to close the deal, okay? So yeah, that's that part of it, okay? Okay. So um, what I'm seeing right now for this next year, this is really the year. I'm going to pull up and do a little share screen so that you guys have the the data, the dirt of what's happening right now, okay? What I'm seeing for the next year is we're going to see this. The West Coast has already, in some cities, some zip codes, the West Coast, we have kind of the the tail of two housing markets. The West Coast has already started a price correction, We've been talking on this channel now for about a year about inventory stacking up on the West Coast. And now we're starting to see the consequences of that, which is prices being reduced. San Francisco has several zip codes which have cut the prices by about 7% in one quarter. Now, you do the math on that. Okay. When we're talking about 7%, it doesn't sound like that big of a deal, but this is 7% over one quarter. So if we. Take this over four quarters, this is over four quarters, what's seven times four? That's 28%. So if they continue on that trend for the rest of the, the year at that same pace of uh, decline, that could be a 28% reduction in a year. That's a really big deal. Really, really big deal. And so even though like it might not sound like much, even if you hear your market has gone down by 2% in the last quarter, that's a really big deal. times four, that's actually 8% over the year. I mean, it starts to add up, okay? So watch that this year. We're already seeing it in pockets of uh, California. We're seeing it in Boise, Idaho. We're seeing it in Salt Lake City. We're seeing it in Phoenix. Phoenix is starting to take some pretty big hits as inventory keeps piling up and sellers keep reducing their prices. What happens is it just kind of becomes a, um, okay, you got the market, goes like this. Okay, we have this big run up and then there's a rundown. Okay. And what happens once people start to get into the frenzy of it, like, Oh my goodness, it's not selling. I got to drop the price. My neighbor dropped the price. They'll start competing against one another to drop the price lower. That's just what happens in these markets. And so we have no idea how long it will take to find bottom. We have no idea. Like nobody does. It's all crystal ball talk. The other thing that can happen is that uh, the government can come in and they can pull levers They can come in and last time they did this, it was 2010. The market was dropping. And I remember they started this thing called the first time home buyer tax credit, which then put a little stoppage in the the downward spiral. It stopped for about a year and then it started to to continue to go down in most zip codes. And so the government might do something like that again. we, We have no idea. Okay. There is no sense trying to time when bottom is like, just, just don't, don't even think about that because if you do, what will happen is you'll miss it you'll completely miss it. Instead, what you do this whole cycle, as the market's trending downward and all that kind of stuff, what you're doing, if the market is is selling right here at $300,000, whatever it is in your area, you wanna buy right below that line, okay? You wanna get this thing for 250, okay? And then if the market continues to drop a little bit further and um, we get down here to like you know, $200,000, then you're gonna come in here and you're gonna buy them for 175 or whatever the number is. I'm just using hypothetical stuff. You're not trying to smoke it and buy way, way. No, no, you don't have to. You just buy slightly below, slightly below because you can either wholesale that deal to the rest of the market that's currently paying the the blue line above it. You can easily do that. You can do that all day long throughout this entire cycle, or you could even keep it as a rental property because it's going to be easy to get financing. If you get a slight discount on it, you're going to be able to get an appraisal value for more, and you'll be able to, to do financing on that property. And life goes in a really good direction when you do that. Okay. So as we watch this inventory stack up, like this is um, let me pull up the first one. I'm going to pull up this is Dallas, Texas, right here. I'll just make sure it's on Dallas and it's fresh. Okay. Dallas, Texas. This is the inventory graph. You can see here that it's red, red, red. Literally, there's some zip codes in here that have increased in inventory. 500% year over year. That's five times the number of properties listed on the market right now than there were a year ago. Now I could bounce around the country and I could use like, let me let me check one of my markets here, Cape Coral. I could bounce around the country and we're gonna see uh, different stats in different markets. Uh, it's gotta reset. Let me go over here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here's good old Florida. Florida, Cape Coral, Florida up 220% in some zip codes. Uh up 191% in Fort Myers, up 253% in Fort are in uh Sanibel Island Sanibel from just a year ago it's up 253% and it, this is surprising to me because we just had a hurricane It knocked out a lot of inventory, but the inventory just keeps stacking. It's up 200% in the in South Cape like it's crazy when you got that much more competition coming on the market, what happens? I mean, it's supply and demand, right? It's basic economics. When there's more supply than demand, then prices adjust. And so what I see for 2023, across the board, except for select states, uh, prefer, pr- promote, uh, primarily in the Midwest and some on the East Coast, there's gonna be some states that they're not phased this year but the rest of the country is going to see some downturn. They're going to, unless the government comes in and comes up with some like, you know, bailout program, whatever, things like that. So you can just expect that. And that is a really, like, I don't wish doom and gloom or harm on anybody ever, but it's a really good thing for us as real estate investors, because if the market were the other way, where it was just demand up and up and up and up, it's really hard to get deals. It's hard. But right now it's like, uh, it's 207 percent easier this I'm just looking at the Cape Coral one right here it's 207 percent easier than it was just a year ago 207 percent easier okay uh, if you're in Dallas Texas then it could be 500 percent easier because now sellers don't have options now when you come in with your offer now they have to take it seriously they have to look at it and say you know what I better consider that because I don't have anybody on the table throwing cash at me right now now if you're like well Nate hold on that's not the case in my market. Let me know that. If if that's you, go ahead, comment in the, in the comment section in the chat. Just say, no, not my market. Still on fire. Nate, it's on fire. I get you. I feel you. Okay. We have the tale of two housing markets in this country right now. We have one that's showing this supply, this glut of supply in people backing out. We have institutional investors stop buying entirely. We have that Side of the market. And then we have this other side of the market that's seeing a shortage still. Um, there's some states like the state of Connecticut, as an example. It's really short on housing inventory, like legit. I believe over the next year, year and a half, it's going to catch up to what's already happening on the West Coast. It's going to catch up to Las Vegas, Nevada, who is dropping uncontrollably right now. It's going to ch- catch up to the Phoenixes of the world, which are also dropping right now. So just watch for that. Okay. Um, but in the time being, it, it is what it is. Like um, I would only wholesale in that market. I would not try to like do a buy and hold unless it cash flowed really, really well. I did, I personally just got involved in a, um, uh, one of my business entities got involved in buying a five on the East coast. And it's not a market that I would have like jumped out of my chair for, but the property was really good. It cash flowed, it made sense. Uh, my operating partner on it, stellar guy. And so it made sense. I pulled the trigger on it and said, let's go, let's get this thing. Um, so it's going to be the tale of two housing markets as we go forward, even in the last housing crash, 2008, 2009, 2010, depending on the zip code, the state of Texas was unfazed. I mean, it might've plateaued a little bit, but it wasn't crashing like the rest of the country this time around though, Texas is not unfazed. this time around Austin, Dallas, uh, Fort Worth, those cities are coming down. You can already see it because the numbers showed us in the last quarter of data. Okay. So that's kind of the housing report. This is the best. This is like. I, again, it's not that I'm wishing doom on anybody, but this is the most excited I've been in the last three years. I haven't been more excited because, like, right now, I'm finding deals again, like left and right. We just closed on a, a eight pack of properties two weeks ago. Uh, closed a seventy eight unit building in December. Uh, like, I'm excited. I'm going after it because now sellers are like, okay, I guess I can't get this pie in this guy number. I'll take this, and so we're making good cash flow plays. Okay, we're also doing really nice wholesale deals right now. Okay. Um, last thing I want to cover is this. I know in this business, sometimes people get into it part time, and they're like, "You know what? I'm gonna, you know, dab, uh, dabble my toes in it. I'm just gonna see if this works." And I understand that aspect. I do, but I want you to 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 understand something. To do something well, you want to commit, right? That's I'm sure you've heard that before. It, back in 1955. Uh, Disneyland had just opened up in Anaheim, California, and there was a young man, he was 13 years of old back then. They didn't have the same labor laws that they do today. 13 year old walked in, applied for a job working in the magic shop where he would do card tricks and he got hired and, um, they let him start doing card tricks. He started getting pretty good at it. He could do like whole five minute acts as people would come in and out of the card, the little magic shop. And, um, eventually that led to him doing some performances on stage, little short ones and then it kept expanding and expanding. Okay. That 13 year old boy, um, he kept practicing no matter what, even he, even though he was making minimum wage barely above, you know, the line, so to speak, income wise, uh, even when he started going and in doing little stage performances, he was making nothing like barely anything. He did this for two decades, two decades. And then he finally got recognized. Does anybody know who this person is? Who is this person that spent 20 years, started off his career at Disney in Anaheim, California, back in 1955? Who is this person? Anybody know? Steve Martin. Steve Martin. Okay. Now, of course, everybody knows the name Steve Martin. Now, if you've seen anything on uh in movies tv etc steve martin was that kid steve martin still is that that kid he's an adult man now but he's one of the the better comedians of all time at least well known and he did it by sticking to it like he went all in he he started from a young age and he just kept going at it okay it's never too late to start something in life but i want everyone to just just no one understand that if you're going to do something like become a real estate investor or Uh, really make it work. You just got to commit yourself. You got to be like young Steve. You got to sit there and say, you know what? I'm going to perfect these these card tricks. I'm going to perfect what I say, when I say it, how I say it. There's a monster difference. Like if you're wondering, I've got some clients right now that one out of three sellers that they sit down with, they sign a contract with. That's not everybody. I can't guarantee that for, for everybody, but like some of them that are really good, that just practice a lot. One out of three. So every third lead that they get, like they can, they can get a deal that pays them 10, 20, $30,000, sometimes more. Okay, again, that's not like an income claim. I can't guarantee that for anybody because I, I just don't know your work ethic, but I have people that are able to do it. And the thing that I see with them that's different than most is that they're willing to fully commit. They're willing to say, you know what? Even though I work a full-time job, my spare hours, a couple hours per day, I'm going to study. I'm going to get better. I'm going to show up. I'm going to get help. I'm going to get people to look at my calls. I'm going to get people to break them down. And the folks that go all in like that, that they just make this a commitment that this is the business that they're going to do. Those are the ones that rock it. They do so, so, so well when they cross that line and they fully commit. And so wherever you're at on your journey right now, I just want to give you that encouragement. Steve Martin committed. He went all in. He decided from a very young age, he was going to perform. He was going to do this in front of people and look where it got him. It got him all the way to the top and then some, okay. You might not have aspirations to be Steve Martin standing up on stages and performing and being a a Hollywood kind of actor. That might not be your thing, but even if you want to close on one property per month, you got to be good at your craft. So you got to commit to making this a real business. Okay. If that's you, if you have committed but you're still struggling to figure out how to make this, or you're still trying to figure out how to make the transition into making it consistent. Like I'm talking right now to those of you that maybe you've, you know, you've tried to close a deal for a while and you just haven't got across the line, or those of you that you've closed maybe 10, 12, but you've never figured out how to make this truly a system, truly repeatable. Every single month you're closing consistent deals and you can grow this thing to 40, 50, $60,000 per month consistently, if that's you, then I highly suggest looking for someone for a little bit of help, okay? We build people's ads out. We are uh, a marketing company mostly. We do a little bit of consulting for people too, but it all starts with having automated leads coming to you. If you want automated leads coming to you, you want our team to look under the hood of your business and give some recommendations and show you what we could do for you, then type help in the chat and uh, our team will connect with you. We'll set you up on a quick 15-minute phone call and we'll we'll map out what we do, okay? We'll map it up for you. And if you like it, then you can talk to us about what it would look like for us to build it. If you don't like it, then just take the idea. And uh, if you want to use it, use it. No harm, no fall either way, okay? All right, that's what I got for you this week. I look forward to checking in with you on the next one. Thank you guys very much. God bless. We'll see you next round. All right, bye-bye.